0: the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. These are the words that John the Baptist says out loud in a corner, on the corner of the street, and testifies that he has found the Lamb of God. He has seen the Messiah. He knows who this person is. He says it in such a compelling way that people who have been following him for years who have almost convinced themselves that John the Baptist is the Messiah, is the, the anointed, he says it in such a compelling way that he takes away that false sense, of, that false sense of, the, of himself and he says, no, not me. I'm not the one. This one, Jesus, he's the one. So the disciples heard And they got so curious that they followed him. And off they went, following Jesus, trying to see if what John the Baptist was saying was true. So they're following him, and Jesus turns around and says, what do you want? What, what, What do you want? Where are you staying? That is the question the disciples asked. Basically, who are you? What are you about? What is this message you're trying to teach? And so Jesus turns to them and says, come and see. Check it out for yourselves. And they do, and they stay with him. And there is something about this Jesus, there is something about him that changes them. They say or they hear, they see, they feel something that is so powerful and so strong that they can't contain it with to themselves. It is not enough for them to have heard the good news. No. They turn and they go. And who do they go? Who does Andrew go to? Who do we go to when we hear something that is so exciting that we want to share? So he goes to his brother. And he says, come, I have found We have found the Messiah. Come and see. And so Peter comes, accepts that invitation to hear Jesus' word. And we, we know the story, right? Peter becomes one of the greatest disciples of Jesus. So we too are here. We've come to see. We've come to hear. We've come to check it out. Some of us for a couple of minutes that we are looking around to see if this may be the place for us, and some of us for years, we've looked at it, we heard, we've seen. And what did we come here for? Were we looking for solace? Were we looking for relationships? Are we looking for community? For healing? For grace? And have we found it? Have things started stirring? Maybe not in dramatic, huge changes, but something, something in us is changing, that we think just a little different, that we act just a little different, that maybe we pause before we say something. Those small, gradual changes that are just as transformative as is a big moment. And if that's the case, I wonder, is it so exciting, so meaningful to us that we also want to go out and share the good news and tell people and invite them? So what might be keeping us from inviting or from sharing? Maybe it is that we can't really explain it all. Maybe we don't really understand why this is meaningful and why this is changing us. And so we're afraid that if we invite somebody and we talk to them about this transformation that is happening and these good news, we may not be able to have all the answers. And so we don't talk about it. But you know what? John said twice in this passage, I do not know him. He doesn't know all of Jesus. He doesn't know all about Jesus. But yet he's so convinced that Jesus has something for everyone that he has to testify and he has to talk about it out loud and invite others. And maybe it's because You know, we're kind of a little bit embarrassed to say that we believe in this stuff, right? Because it's kind of a little hokey pokey sometimes. We're like, I don't know what people are going to think about me. But, you know, there's so much out there that we can't really explain either. And all these huge, very important, very um, smart scientists, they can't explain everything. There's this thing called dark matter. Anybody know about dark matter? Seth in the law service knew about it. Anybody else? Anybody here? Dark matter. It's, oh, we found one. Yes, we know. There's usually the young ones know about it. They don't know what it is. They can't define it. They can't see it. But they know it exists because of the way it interacts with the matter that we can feel and touch in. And there's dark energy and it just, they just don't understand it, but it's there. So maybe we don't have to know it all because there are so much unknown out there. Maybe also we're afraid that if we invite somebody, they may not come. We don't want to invite somebody to a party or to a concert or a movie that we really want think it's going to be really great, and then they don't want to come. Or even harder, they do come and they don't like what they see, or they don't see what we see, right? That's also very hard. But you know, that's that's not really our job to make them like it or see our way. We're invited to invite. Andrew didn't know what Peter was going to do. John didn't know what the disciples were going to do, but he put it out there. He invited. And the thing is, we don't really know what's going to happen. Because let me tell you, I was invited. And it is through an invitation that I found the church. Elizabeth Sanchez was my best friend. And she and I were walking home together one day when I was seven years old. And I turned to her and I said, Elizabeth, you live that way. Why are you walking with me? I live in the other direction. She goes, I am going to CCD because I am making my first communion. For those of you who don't know the, re, the Roman Catholic lingo, CCD is basically Sunday school for little kids, right? And I'm like, I don't know. Why, why am I not? You know, she says, why are you? are you not going to CCD and making your first communion? I don't know. I don't know why I'm not doing that. So I go home and I say to my mom, mom, I want to make my first communion. So I go to my first communion and I make my first communion, but it wasn't just the first communion that was powerful for me. I found the community of faith. I, mean, I knew about God. My, pa- my family had done that, but I wasn't churched. I didn't go to church when I was little. Christmas, Christmas was put with the Christmas tree, and we got presents. That was Christmas in my house growing up when I was little. And Easter was my favorite, because Easter was when we all got together. My grandmother made breakfast tacos. My mother loaded the car with food, and all my aunts and uncles would get up, and very early in the morning, and we drive to this to this ranch. We didn't own it, but my father always managed to get the farm rancher to let us in, and so we had this great time. That was Easter. But Elizabeth's invitation opened the door to Jesus and to this faith community where I found grace. I learned that God loved me so much that he sent his only begotten son to take away the sin of the world and to heal me and to love me and to resurrect me. And so that invitation transformed my life. Now, I don't know, maybe I'd still be here today, but I don't know. And so, I invite you that if you have found the solace, you have found healing, you have found grace, if you have found community to think about testifying about Jesus's love through your life, through your actions, and maybe even through an invitation. Because in those invitations you could also be beginning the transformation of somebody else's life as well as your own. And together in those transformations, this world too can be transformed. Amen.